Okay. Well, good morning. I hope, hope all of you are doing well today. And uh, we're going to receive communion at the end of uh, service today. So you can put the elements to the side. Um, hopefully you did not sit on those. And I'll tell you what to do with those in a little bit. Um, as some of you know, uh, the Tomboli household grew one person, one human uh, last week. Thank you. I didn't do much, but I was there. And uh, we, we are so excited. On Wednesday, uh, the 1st of November, we welcomed uh, Wonder Grace into the world. Would y'all throw that picture up there of Wonder? She is the cutest. And uh, she looks just like her sister. We're praying she doesn't act like her sister. And um, in Jesus' name, as many of you have said, she is just wonderful. Thank you for that. Uh, she is so sweet. But I want to tell you, Kendra, my wife, is the real MVP. Can I have an amen, ladies? Um, you, you have so much more respect for your spouse after going through something like that. And I just, uh, I just love my wife. I'm proud of her. And uh, I told the nurse, every time that we've had a, a child, I tell the nurse, hey, it's very important that I don't see anything. Uh, because if I do, there will be two hospital beds in here, and I am way more needy than she is, <laughs> and I'm not kidding at all. And so uh, I stayed right there by her face, and I just pray and listen to worship, and it's great. Many people have asked, y'all have been so kind, how is Kendra? She's great. How is the baby? She's great. Nobody cares uh, to ask, how are you doing? Um, <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. I'm not mad. I'm not bitter. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm okay. You know, I didn't really do anything worthy to be asked about. And so, uh, but the real question this morning, before we get into the word is how are the other two kids, uh, doing y'all know my kids have big personalities. I don't know where they get that from. And, uh, they are a lot of fun. My, my daughter Haven, she's two years old. And uh, for anybody who is joining us new this morning, and she is feisty. She is a force to be reckoned with, and I'm praying she gets saved really quick. And, uh, and, and she's learned this new phrase. She says, don't worry, don't worry about it, don't worry. And I don't know where she heard this from. I've got a video. Y'all check this out. She tells me not to worry. No, don't worry, don't worry. No, Sissy, I am worried because that hurts. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> so she, no she's got no this more. little doctor's kit and uh, she, she tries to get around Haven with this doctor's kit and uh, we, we just are praying that they're never in the same room alone together. And she'll say, I'll fix her, I'll fix her. There's nothing wrong with her, don't fix her. And uh, she'll say, don't worry, she'll hit you. Don't worry about it, don't worry about it. My, my son Zane though, um, he has been longing for attention this week, I had no idea that our kids would respond this way with another child being brought into our home. And Zane has been just really wanting some attention, needing uh, our focus. And, and I hear him yelling. Kendra left me home with the kids, which was a huge mistake. Uh, she was out with her mom running some errands. And, and I hear Zane yelling from the bathroom, Daddy, Daddy, come help me, come help me. And so I was like, all right. So I went in there to help him. I thought it was business as usual. And I walk in and my, my sweet four-year-old son is holding a turd in his hand. <laughs> And uh, I've never experienced this as a father. This is new for me. Don't judge me. And, and I said, what are, you, what, what are you doing with that? Why do you have, you know, I was kind of lost for words. And he's, I said, did you pick that up? He said, no, I, I caught it. <laughs> and I was like, mad but impressed? Like, what do you mean you caught it? Like, you, what do you? And so y'all need to pray for us. And, and I said, there's... There's two things. I said, why did you touch? Why, do you, why are you even touching that? And he said, I just wanted to know what it felt like. And I said, I said, son, that approach in life is going to get you in a lot of trouble. And, uh, 
but I did say thank you for a great sermon uh, content. This is fantastic. And we're at the dinner table last night, and I was a little off in space. Like, I was nervous about speaking this morning. I haven't had much rest. And Kendra was like, what are you thinking about? I said, the, you know, our family's growing. The church is growing. And I paused, and she said, and so is your belly. And I was like, wow. And so uh, that's how our life is going. Y'all pray for the Tom Bowleys. Um, it's been crazy. If you're ready for the word, say, I'm ready. Today, we start a new series, Wisdom from James. James is uh, one of my favorite books of the Bible, right behind Jonah. And I love this book because it's simple, it's practical, it's straight to the point, and it is full of wisdom. And so before we unpack the book of James this morning, I think it is vital to understand who James is. He's the son of Joseph. He's Jesus' brother. Some of y'all are like, I didn't know Jesus had a brother. I'm going to tell you all about it. Raise your hand if you got siblings in here. If you got siblings, younger or older, okay? So you'll be able to relate with some of this. What if one day one of them claimed that they were God, right? That'd probably start some arguments in the house. Maybe some wrestling matches, some wedgies or something like that. And if you ever want to get dirt on someone, you ask one of their siblings, right? If you want to know the truth about someone, you ask one of their siblings. But what's interesting, think about this. Jesus is sinless. He's without flaw. He's perfect. He lived a perfect life, no failures, no mistakes. He was always obedient to the Father. And I'm sure that James and Jesus had a really interesting dynamic of a relationship growing up. I just imagine James gets to heaven one day and and he's, you know, he's standing before God the Father, he's standing before Jesus, and then Jesus is like, hey, I want to speak to you in private. So they go over to the side, and he's like, you remember all, all those times you bullied? And you remember, remember when you lied to mom about me? Dad was out working on furniture, building stuff, and you told some stories. You know, remember all the times we played King of the Hill, and I let you win because I couldn't tell you that I was king yet? I just imagine, I, none of this is true, but I just imagine, just go there with me. I just imagine if Jesus was my brother, man, there would be so many questions that I have. James did not believe that Jesus was the son of God until after the resurrection. He comes back, it tells us in Mark's gospel that even uh, Jesus and his entire family didn't really believe in him. Jesus reappears to James after the resurrection and he proves that he is who he says that he is. And James goes on and he begins this movement. He's bold in his faith. He's full of wisdom, and he ends up being killed, martyred for what he believed in. And I think it's crazy to really to think about this. James had faith that was so strong in his brother that is the Messiah that he was willing to be thrown off the top of a building and stoned to death for his faith. This book of the Bible is very important. It's not like Paul's writings where he's addressing a church or he's addressing an individual or a person and he's directing something specifically towards them. The book of James was wrote roughly about 10 years after the death and resurrection of Jesus. And, and it is for all believers. It is wisdom for anyone that would call themselves a Christ follower today. This book uh, gets a lot of its inspiration. James gets his inspiration from, uh, you could see a lot of similarities from the Sermon on the Mount and the book of Proverbs. James uh, takes all of the wisdom that he learned and he teaches us how to practically love God, how to love people, and how to live for Jesus. I think if we could simplify it today in the, wor the crazy world that we live in, love God, love people, let's live for Jesus, amen? And so there's a lot of wisdom in this book 
And uh, it's, it's really, if I can be honest with you, James is not going to teach you groundbreaking theological constructs that blow your mind with new ideas of how to follow Jesus. James is about to get all up in your business and challenge the way that you live your life practically and simply that. I think we could all use some of that today. Amen. All right, in chapters one through five, he, he goes into short teachings. We're not going to cover all of them throughout the series. We'll be in this book for four or five weeks. And uh, he, he goes through 12 short teachings, victory and trials, battling temptation, true religion, getting a grip on prejudice, uh, going further than the demons. That's crazy. Uh, grabbing a hold of your tongue. Everybody grab your tongue real quick. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Don't do it. We'll cover that. There's two kinds of wisdom, submitting to God, finding out what you need, boasting about tomorrow, the short time on earth, bad employers and becoming rich. Some of you are like, we need that. We need that sermon. Uh, Patience and suffering, the power of the prayer of faith. James teaches us in chapter one that life's trials and hardships are actually gifts from above that can produce endurance and shape your character to do amazing things and amazing work inside of your life. In the midst of suffering, God does this thing where he is making you perfect. Everybody say perfect and complete. He uses this word perfect throughout the text seven times, seven times. This word, it means wholeness, wholeness. I want you to write this down. Perfect. It means wholeness, living a life submitted to Jesus where your actions, your thoughts, everything about you lines up with the character and the values of the God that we serve. James is fully aware that humans are broken and humans are fractured people, born into sin in desperate need of help. And what James does is he spends the beginning of chapter one explaining that we are going to go through hard times and that through our hardships, God can produce wholeness inside of each of us. We all are in need of a savior today. But listen, not just a savior, but a Lord that wants to lead you and show you how to live this life. I think it's vital to understand that, please, please, if you hear anything I say today, please hear this. God is on a mission not to make us happy, but whole. God is not on a mission to make you happy, but to make you whole. I'll say it this way, write this down. God wants us to be whole. He wants us to be whole. Happiness does not produce wholeness. But I will say that wholeness can oftentimes produce happiness in your life. Y'all ever seen the movie, The Pursuit of Happiness? Will Smith, I think, is a great movie. But the reality is if you chase your life pursuing things that can only make you happy, you make your life all about you. I've learned in my life that I can spend my life only chasing things that make Seth happy, that make me happy, but I will quickly realize on the other side of that, that I am at the center of that universe. And I'll say it this way. This is my dad joke for the day. When you are at the center of the universe, it's a universe. All right, dad joke. The force is with me today, okay? The, The kind of lifestyle that you live like that, where you're at the center of everything, that will never satisfy You'll grow weary, you'll be thirsty, you will be hungry, you will live your life walking through a dry land, you will chase the wind your entire life, never catching up, coming up short, and it will never satisfy until you fully surrender your life to Jesus. Would you write this down? We need wisdom. Would y'all agree that this morning? We need wisdom. Like, simply put, in 2023 today, the, the world is crazy 
We need wisdom. We need wisdom in our marriages. Can I have an amen? We need wisdom in our finances. We need wisdom with raising our kids. We need wisdom. It says in James 1.5, if any of you lacks wisdom, you should what? Ask God. James is simple. He says he, he gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt. Because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind, and that person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is double-minded and unstable in all that they do. Proverbs, very similar to the book of James and many uh, talks about wisdom, it says that the Lord gives wisdom from his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. Wisdom comes from the Lord. But humans, from the very beginning of time until the day that we live in today, we have looked inward towards ourselves for something that can only be found outward in Christ, something that can only be found outward in God. And as we dive into, into James over the next several weeks, I, my prayer is that we would humble ourselves before God in his mighty hand, that we would realize that everything that we need is found in Christ alone. Amen. Amen. You can, you can fill your life with anything and everything else, but you will be empty and dry. Everything I need is in God, and my prayer is that we would seek him simply for wisdom. And so I want to do that. Can we just take a moment and pray for God's wisdom as we get into this today? Let's pray. Lord, we pray right now for wisdom. God, I pray that in my own life, just like in every area of my life, as a husband, as a dad, as a, as a pastor, as a leader, as a man of God, I pray everything that I think, everything that I desire, everything that I say and do would be soaked in wisdom. God, I pray for wisdom. I pray for your wisdom to rush in like a flood to this church. I want your wisdom more than anything else. We want your wisdom, God. We want to desire your wisdom like we desire food and drink in the morning. I pray this for everyone under the sound of my breath. God, help us understand that being rich in wisdom is better than being rich in money. It's better to be wise and get your wisdom, God. I pray that you would do a work in us today, that you would grant us with wisdom from heaven. I call it heaven's ideas, that we would soak it up from fearing you, walking with you, and time in your word. God, I pray that you would guide us, lead us, and direct us. Let it be so, God, that your work would be done in this place. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Write this down. Ask God daily for wisdom. Ask God daily for wisdom. Why daily? Because we need it every single day. <laughs> Ask God daily for wisdom. Anyone who needs it, the, the book of James is telling us, if you ask for it with the right heart and faith, you receive wisdom. I think this is amazing. That out of all the things that God wants to bless you with, that out of all the things God promises you, when you ask God for wisdom, he gives it abundantly if you ask him in faith. I just think that's amazing. So why not ask God and take him at his word? Today, we simply need to do these four things. They're going to be on the screen behind me. Today, I need to understand my need for wisdom. I need to believe that God gives it, that he is the giver of wisdom, not your bestie, Okay. Number three, simply ask God for it. And number four, apply it to 
my life. Apply it to your life. And I love Solomon. He uh, was asked, like, can, it, you can have anything in the world. And what does he ask for? He says, I, I want wisdom. I want wisdom. In Matthew uh, chapter 7, it says, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house upon the rock. Proverbs 16, it says, How much better to get wisdom than gold, to get insight in re- in, rather than silver. Proverbs 12, The way of fools seems right to them, but the wise listen to advice. I think if we could be honest this morning, church, hopefully y'all can be honest. Some of the worst decisions in my life were made all by myself. Anybody else? I didn't ask God for wisdom. I didn't ask any godly people for godly counsel and wisdom. I was all by myself. It was up to me, and I made awful decisions. Anybody else been there before? Y'all, soaking up wisdom. Kendra always makes fun of me because... Anytime we go to eat somewhere, I go straight to Google. I go to Google Maps, I click on the restaurant, and I hit the review button. Does anybody else do this? I look at Google reviews. I'm not saying all these people are wise. Some of them don't know good food. But I, what I do is I read these reviews, and I'm going to make a decision on if I should eat at this place or not. It takes one bad review, and your boy is gone. But I also like reading reviews on bad restaurants just for fun and bad Amazon products. It's great. That's what I do in my spare time. But here's the thing. I could have avoided so many bad relationships, bad friendships, bad financial decisions, bad purchases, if I would have simply asked for wisdom. I could have avoided wasting so much time and attention and energy and money by simply asking God for his wisdom. We need wisdom. Proverbs has a lot to say about this. Just a few of the things that it says, where there is no guidance, people fail. But in an abundance of counselors, there is safety. Without counsel, plans fail, but with many advisors, they succeed. Listen to advice and accept instruction that you may gain wisdom in the future. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools, everybody say fools. Look at your neighbor and say fool. I'm kidding, don't do that, don't do that. (laughs) Fools despise wisdom and instruction. Some of y'all really took advantage of that. Shame on you. For by wise guidance, you can wage your war. This is so important. And in abundance of counselors, there is victory. Does anybody want victory this morning? I want victory in every area of my life, my relationships, my friendships, over sin, my finances, my physical health. I told Kendra, this is bulking season. I just haven't done the working out part yet. I've just been eating. Like I want, I want victory in my mental health, in my spiritual health. I want victory in my life. But hear me today. You can't have any of that without God's wisdom. We will make poor decisions. Thank you, sir. We will make poor decisions seeking our own advice. We need God's wisdom. That's why we picked the book of James to study. Without grasping this concept of wisdom, the entire book of James will land on deaf ears and hardened hearts. If we do not grasp the book of wisdom today. James 1, verse 19, if you are there, it'll be on the screen behind me. It says, my dear brothers and sisters, take notes of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. 
Verse 20, it says, because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent and humbly accept the word of God that's planted in you, which can save you. I'm sure you've probably heard this old saying. If, yeah, Surely you've heard this. You have two ears and one mouth, right? So that you would listen twice as much as you what? Talk. Some of y'all told your spouse that. I, I read this this week. God gave you one mouth, two lips, 32 teeth, most of you, and, and hundreds of Bible verses to keep your tongue quiet and under control, to keep it locked inside of there so that you would pause before you speak. Tell your neighbors that he's talking to you, all right? A few interesting facts about the mouth. You could, you, uh, the average human produces 37,000 liters of saliva in your lifetime. That's enough to fill two uh, large pools. You're going to learn something at church today. Uh, one minute, a one-minute kiss burns 26 calories. I love working out. Uh, average human <laughs> spends six months of their life chewing food and two months brushing their teeth, hopefully. Smiling helps you live longer. Can I get an Amen. Remind your face you're in a good mood this morning. It takes 17 muscles to smile. It takes 43 to frown. And in 20 to 30 years, you can build a name for yourself. You can build influence. You can build trust. You can build relationships. And with one mouth in one moment, you can lose it all. James, all throughout the book of James, chapter 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, he speaks about the mouth and being wise with our words. You may have heard this influence is gained in drops and it's lost in buckets because in one moment you can lose everything you've built for yourself, everything that God has blessed you with by opening your mouth prematurely and saying something you'll regret in the future. Quick to listen, write this down, slow to speak and slow to become angry. This is simple, but it is so hard to do. Would y'all agree? Quick to listen, slow to speak and slow to become angry, I've realized in my life, the less that I talk, the less trouble I'll find myself in, which is really hard to do for me. The challenge for you this week, for all of us, just a simple uh, couple challenges, intentionally be silent in rooms that you would normally speak in. So that means maybe in your workplace or your home, I want to encourage you to be silent and to just listen a little bit more than you speak. I want to encourage you on your way to work, drive in silence. Some of y'all are like, that sounds awful. I promise you, it will minister to you. Drive in silence and ask God to give you wisdom where you're headed. Before you respond to that email this week, some of y'all already know what you want to say right now to the email that's in your inbox. Pause and pray and ask God for wisdom. Before you respond to that text message or make that phone call or have that conversation with somebody, ask God for wisdom. In my life, I've had several moments where I've wanted to be right rather than wanted to do what's right. Someone who's quick to, to speak tends to be focused a lot on themselves, but someone who is quick to listen tends to be focused more on other people. I want us to be people that listen well. Amen. This text goes on to say in verse 21, therefore get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent and humbly accept the word that's been planted in you. James is saying this, reject the world. I want you to write this down. Reject the world and receive the word. Reject the world 
and receive the word of God. We, we covered Romans 12 several weeks ago in, in verse two. It says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, perfect will. I love Psalm 119, 105. It says, your word is a lamp. Everybody say lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Did you know that the world has a lot of counterfeit light? Did you know that the world is incapable of producing the light that only can come from God? And we get fooled so often thinking that these things that give temporary pleasure are lighting our path. The new purchase or the, the promotion, or well, those aren't necessarily bad things, but they were never intended to direct your path. The word is a lamp unto my feet and a light to my path. The biggest mistakes I've made in my life is allowing things of this world to guide where I'm walking. And I just want to encourage you to press into God for his wisdom. When you don't know what to do, simply read the word of God. When you don't know what to say, read the word of God. When you don't know uh, how to hear from the Lord, read the word of God out loud because this is his words. I wanna encourage you, if you do not have a physical Bible, we wanna bless you with one. I think we've given out three or 400 Bibles in the last two years right out at the Welcome Center. It's one of the first things when we moved here, I said, I want physical Bibles available for every person who wants one. And your giving has gone towards that. And we're not giving just little cheesy Bibles. They're nice Bibles. Go get a Bible. Get this Bible inside of your heart. It'll change your life. And if you're like, well, I don't really like books, download the Bible app. Go to YouVersion Bible app in your app store. Go to the Apple store. If you have an Android, we'll pray for you after service. Get you a Bible. I'll get some text about that, all right? And it'll be green instead of blue. It's, it's crazy. <laughs> That was really good. I'm proud of myself. <laughs> Would you do this? Would you write this down? Pick a place, set a time. Pick a place, set a time, and don't leave that place until joy hits your spirit. Pick a place, set a time, and don't leave that place until joy hits your spirit. Invite God to do what he says in Psalm 139. Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. I love what James says at the end. We'll end with this right here. It says, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in the mirror and after, they, they, after looking at themselves, they go away and they forget what they look like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. James is not making a suggestion here. He's saying, don't just listen to the word. Don't just read the word, but what? Do what it says. This is simple stuff. Even as I wrote this message, I was thinking, well, this is really simple stuff. Well, James broke it down and he wanted to get all up in your business in 2023 and help you walk with God because that is what we are supposed to do. So why is James being so bold, starting off in chapter one, trials and temptations and being made more like Christ and becoming whole and not happy. And now he's saying, don't just read the word, but do what it says. James knew this. 
He was aware that one of the biggest deterrents of people seeking a relationship with Jesus is encountering a person who says they follow Jesus and they love Jesus, but they ignore his word. Someone who says they follow Jesus and they love Jesus, but they deny him with their lifestyle, their actions, and their words. I read this quote, one of the most dangerous threats to Christianity is someone who says they love Jesus, but they live as if he never existed. Christians who hear the word, Christians in these little things, whatever they're called, who hear the word and don't do what it says, hear me, that's what we call hypocrites. That's the reason I didn't want to follow Jesus for years, because I encountered a lot of religious people who looked nothing like the God that I love today. Read the word. Allow it to move and minister to you and shape your heart and do what it says. James is saying, one person looks in the mirror and forgets, the other one looks at the mirror and remembers. There's one who looks in the word and says, yeah, that needs to change in my life. And there's another person that says, oh, that'd be good for somebody else. And they walk away unchanged. Something I prayed when we first moved to Fayetteville is that we would never have a church service where people leave the same that they walked in that we would always change, that we would always take a step towards Christ, that we would always look more like him and less like us. Lastly, would you write this down? Listen and do. Listen and do. Whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard. Everybody say heard, but doing it. They will be blessed in what they do. I wanna be blessed in what I do. There's a big difference in hearing and listening and all the married people said, amen. amen. Your spouse has looked at you before and said, did you hear what I said? And you said, yes, but you know you lying. Kendra's done, she'd be like, hey, tell me what I just said. You said something about uh, you miss Kroger, but here we have Walmart. You know, like, I don't know. Like, you, I don't know what you said. Like, we get in trouble because we hear people, but we're not listening to what there's. There's a huge Difference. Do you know the difference between hearing and listening? It's, it's the way you walk away from the conversation. Because if you walk away from the conversation with understanding and act upon what you have heard, it's proof that you listened. But I heard many things my mom said my whole life, and I didn't apply them to my life. I wasn't listening a year ago. I got sick, and like I told you, when I get sick, I'm, I'm pitiful. Um, I'm so needy. I lay in bed and Kendra hates when I get sick. And she's like, you know, we pray I don't get sick because I'm such a worthless, sick person. And uh, I was like, this was about a year and a half ago. I was laying in bed. <laughs> this is awful. What I'm about to tell you? Confess and be healed. Um, I was laying in bed and I, and I told Kendra, I said, hey, babe, would you go get the thermometer for me? Our thermometer, it's in the cabinet, blah, blah, blah. I gave her the, you know, directions of the, the right one to get. And she comes back, she gives me a thermometer and put it in my mouth and I'm sitting there trying to take my temperature. And I was like, dude, this thermometer smells really weird. And I'm realizing as I'm telling this story, the story I led with at the beginning of service makes this even worse. Um, <laughs> and I was like, this thing smells. Like, and then I, pull, I pulled this thing out. It was kind of dark in the room. And I was like, this is my son's thermometer. This is, and it's not for this end, it's for the other end. And I was like, this is not good. Either my wife did not hear me or she's punishing me for my sin. I don't know, I don't know what this is about. And so we had a full-blown conversation. Hear me today. Don't judge me, by the way. I have learned this as a father. I've learned this as a friend. I've learned this as a pastor. I've learned it as a husband. You know who's listening and you know who just hears by the way they respond to what you say. 
And I want this church, if there's something that we can do as a church to be people who are humble enough to ask God for his wisdom, amen, humble enough to seek him daily, to be slow to speak, to be quick to listen, to reject the pleasures of the world, to receive the word of God and truly listen to what he has for us. Can we do that, church? That's my prayer. I read this quote this week. Being successful in this life is not comparing yourself to someone else. Being successful in this life is comparing what you're doing in the moment to what God has told you to do in the present. Comparing your life to what he told you to do versus what you're doing right now. I wanna ask you to think about that for a second. Would you close your eyes right, right now? Just, I just want you to think about this. What is the thing that God has asked you to do? I know what it is for me. It's to get my health in order. And I have been running the opposite direction because I love the taste of bad food. I love it. What has he been asking you to do? And are you doing it? The measure of success is simply this. It's, it's holding it up against to what God has asked you to do. I want you to ask two questions this morning. God, what are you saying to me? And the second question is, God, what do you want me to do about it? What are you saying to me? And what do you want me to do about it? Right there in your seat, just want you to have a holy moment with the Lord. Maybe you need to jot something down in a journal, write it down on your hand, take a note in your phone. I want you to have a moment where you can lean into him. We're actually this morning, we're gonna take some time to take communion together. You can open your eyes and begin to open the elements at your chair. And uh, this is simply a time to remember the Lord. And maybe you're not a member of the church here. And I wanna tell you what we believe about communion. Uh, this is a time to remember Jesus. You don't have to be a member of New Life Church, but you do need to be a member of the body of Christ, a Christ follower. Uh, communion is a moment where we can bring awareness to something that has happened in the past. And we're gonna uh, talk about that scripturally in a second, but I want you to just take a moment. I want you to pause as you're opening up those elements. I want you to take a moment and just pause. I want you to think about all the things that you have in your life to be grateful for. That's a gift from God, your family, your, the place you live, the clothes on your back, the food that you have access to, your, your workplace, your job, every blessing that he has just poured out onto you. And today I wanna just focus on Christ. I wanna give him all the glory and honor and worship that he deserves. So if you would grab the bread it says in Luke 22, if you would lift the bread up, it says in Luke 22, and he took the bread and gave thanks and he broke it and he gave it to them saying, this is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. His body was broken for us. And when you take this, remember me. And they ate. And if you would grab the cup and lift up the cup, it says in verse 20, in the same way after the supper, he took the cup saying this cup is the new covenant of my blood, which is poured out for you. His body was broken and his blood was spilled for us. And he says, when you drink, remember me. And they drank.